0: Welcome to the Kaleo Life Podcast. You can find more resources for gospel living and information about us by going to our website, kaleo.community. Enjoy today's sermon. Most of you know that I'm a nurse at Grace Harbor Community Hospital. And uh, early on, when I first started working there, uh, there was this guy that I ended up getting at the beginning of shift. And uh, all of a sudden, he wanted to get up and leave. Now, you know, I ended up having, I ended up having to call a code gray on him because he wanted to leave by himself. And we had to restrain him. And you're like, man, why did you guys have to restrain this guy? Well, the thing is, this guy was very confused. He had an infection in his blood that had he left, he, well, I don't know if he would have died, but he probably would have been right back in the hospital. Um, had he left, you asked him like who his name was, what date it was. He just wasn't, he wasn't giving straight answers or not answering the question at all. He was just like, I got to see my grandkids. I got to see my grandkids. And, but this idea that this guy didn't realize that he had a severe sickness. And he was told that, you know, you've got, you know, you're really sick And if you don't get the antibiotics that you need, you're probably going to either go out and die or you're going to be right back. Um, But obviously, we can't let somebody who's confused and not in their right mind go because that could come back on the hospital or something like that. But this idea that he had a really serious infection, he was very sick, but in his state of mind, he had no idea. He, he had no idea. He, deny, you know, he would deny that if you asked him if he was sick, he would probably deny it and say, no, I need to go see my grandkids, <laughs> essentially. But he was a man who was very sick, didn't know he was sick. And uh, last time, I, I think, when I ended up going back, he was coherent and uh, able to think for himself, which was good. But... Uh, <laughs> um, But today we're going to look at a church uh, in one of the churches in Revelation that was very sick. And uh, I would say they didn't know it either. They were deceived. So we're going to go ahead and read the passage. Sure. I'll take that. Extra thing on here. Eh, Just going to weigh it down. We'll read the passage. It's in Revelation chapter three, verses 14 through uh, 22 it's, uh, to the church in Laodicea and to the angel of the church in Laodicea, right? The words of the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would that you were either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm, And neither hot nor cold. I will spit you out of my mouth. For you say I am rich. I have prospered. I need nothing. Not realizing you are wretched. Pitiable. Poor. Blind. And naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire. So that you may be rich. And white garments so that you may clothe yourself. And the shame of your nakedness may not be seen. And salve He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Father, we thank you for this uh, time we can uh, come together, um, enjoy fellowship, uh, enjoy a meal together, enjoy some uh, some sports, conversation. Um, we also thank you for this time that we can hear from your Word, Father, that it would uh, cause us to examine ourselves. Um, and cause us to be zealous for you um, when oft times we are not. Um, Father, I pray that you would give me the words to speak um, and that you would open the ears to uh, the words that are true uh, and faithful. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you read the churches, there have been following along with the churches. There's kind of been a pattern how uh, Christ has been addressing the churches. And uh, the first thing he does is he, he shows a picture of, he gives kind of a picture of Christ and different in each one. In this one, uh, in verse 14, it says to the angel of the church in Laodicea, write the words of the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. Um doing some reading and it seems as though the Amen signifies the fixed, what is unchangeable, it is final. Um and the faithful and true witness is that the testimony, Christ's testimony is sure. It is true, it is accurate. He sees each and every person for who they are. you can't trick him he doesn't he doesn't not see something and know what it is and it says the beginning of God's creation we know that the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son and God the Holy Spirit were there at creation that Christ Jesus was there at creation, right? And when he speaks, when the creator God speaks, it is how he says it is. (laughs) Things come to be that we're not. So we have this picture of Christ as he addresses this church a church deceived into thinking they are following him and hopefully, and, and realize, hopefully they realize from this letter that they are pitiable and that they need to come to him who is unchangeable. They need to come to him who is faithful and can testify on their behalf and to make those who are wretched poor, blind, um, naked, that he would make them a new creation, that he would bring them new life. And so we have this intro here for the church of Laodicea. So secondly, we're going to see a picture of the church of Laodicea's condition, (laughs) Um, for the church of Laodicea to see, because they think they know who they are. He says, I know your works. I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would that you were either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Now, now, I think there's some debate on kind of what the cold and hot uh, and and the lukewarm thing is. Um, and uh, but what we do see here in in that last part, he says, I will spit you out of my mouth. That we see that Christ is disgusted with this church that is neither hot nor cold. Um, some might say that the hot is those who are zealous for Christ, who are doing the work of Christ, who are furthering his kingdom. And we can see it. They're doing the works of God. And those who are cold are those who have rejected Christ. And some would say that God would rather have um, God would rather have those who are zealous for Him, or those who are uh, have rejected Him, than those who are, I guess, saved and doing nothing for the kingdom of God. Or they're writing a very fine line. I will spit you out of my mouth. I don't know if you've had lukewarm water when you were expecting something refreshing, but it doesn't taste very good. (laughs) Uh, The interesting thing is though, is the uh, Laodicea was known, well, I didn't mention this earlier, but one, that was very rich. Uh, And one of the other things specific to the hot and cold is that they had aqueducts, waterways, coming from two different places, six and 10 miles away. And so, by the time water got there, it was lukewarm. But uh, I guess they treasured that water because that was their main—you know—that was their main source of water. Um, thought that was interesting. But he says, "I know your works, either hot nor cold." Um, we go on to see a little bit more about this. What this—what uh, this lukewarmness looks like. Uh, in the next verses, he says, for, in verse 17, it says, For you say, I am rich, I have prospered, and I need nothing, not realizing that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. They said, I am rich, I have prospered, I need nothing. They're self sufficient, they're rich, they're independent from other people, they're comfortable where they're at. But the true witness says, no, you are wretched, you are pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. Uh, It seems like the church of Laodicea was materially rich, which I believe they were. I wanna say this letter was supposed to be written uh, 96 or around 90 AD, something like that. And uh, the city of Laodicea had an earthquake that um, kind of ruined the city. And uh, usually Rome would kind of help rebuild. Well, either Rome didn't want to help them because they were so rich or they were so rich and refused help from Rome that they rebuilt their city themselves. It was a wealthy city. Um, And I can imagine the church was too, materially rich. And we can probably assume that there wasn't a lot of opposition of trials from those around. We might see that a little bit later. Um, They didn't need anything from their fellow churches, not money anyway. Uh, And possibly in the pride of their blessings, they thought they were doing well in the sight of God. That because we are rich materially God has blessed us and we must be doing the will of God. We must be doing what God wants us to do. So we're going to keep doing what we're doing. We're going to keep living our comfortable lives. But in this, in this letter, there is no mention here of good works. Even Sardis, which I don't know. uh, I think Sardis is the one we haven't covered yet. Even Sardis, um, there was a few people in there that were mentioned that had not uh, turned away from God, right? But there's no mention here of good works, of generosity, of not tolerating false teaching or their love for one another, or even the reputation of being alive. Again, Sardis had a reputation of being alive. Granted, they were dead. But we have, we have Laodicea. Instead, what said, and again, we'll get into that uh, This in the next verses here is that your faith is lacking, your righteousness is filthy rags, and you are leading others blindly in this. Um, I don't know spiritual, uh, this self-deceit. just like that man who was on on the floor when I was taking care of him. He was really, really sick. And he, he thought he was just fine. He just wanted to see his grandkids. And I'm sure his grandkids did want to see him. But the truth is he was sick. He was wretched. He was blind to what was going on within him And so oftentimes you and you and you and I we are are we get comfortable. We we like where we're at. We don't really have a care in the world. Maybe we're financially okay. We don't have any financial troubles, you know. Uh, man, we're able to make it to church every week. We're doing pretty good. We're, uh, um, I don't know, walking through the motions. Um, I kind of asked this to myself. I was like, well, I'm not going to tell you, but like, when was the last time I really shared the gospel with somebody? Like, when was the last time that I went out and I was, you know, went out to share the gospel? I mean, you don't necessarily have to be an evangelist to go out and share the gospel. Or with your neighbor, you have somebody on your mind that, you know, when you talk with them, you, you intentionally try and share the gospel. Who are you discipling? Are you discipling anybody? Are you looking to disciple somebody? You know, are, are, or are you comfortable with not? Are you comfortable where you're at? Are we in communion with God? Are we reading our Bible? Are we praying? Are we asking for the spirits leading and guiding? And we'll get into a little bit more about that communion a little bit later in these verses. This next point, Christ advises the church in Laodicea to address their problem. Verse 18, he says, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire. A little ironic because they were rich, but I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may be rich and white garments so that you may clothe yourself and the shame of your nakedness may not be seen and and salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. Obviously, God didn't want them to buy gold from him, material gold, right? Otherwise they'd probably, you know, they already had it. First Peter 1 Peter 1, 7, or 6 and 7. There's a letter from Peter. He says, in this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found. may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. I would say that the people of Laodicea were not having many trials. That their faith was not being tested. And that's why it was lacking. Their faith was not being Tested. And so God Christ calls them to come to him for this. 1 Peter 4:12 says, "Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you, but rejoice in so far as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed." Say Laodicea's was not being, faith was not being tested. And he says, I counsel you to buy from me white garments so that you may clothe yourself. I believe Laodicea had a problem with self-righteousness. That they thought they were doing that they were doing good, that they were doing the works of God, that they were righteous. but they needed to be clothed in the righteousness of God. They needed, well, first they needed their, their nakedness to be revealed, that they could even admit that they were naked, that they needed the righteousness of God. Hebrews 4.13 Says, and no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Just reiterating that God knows every single thing about you. He knows your sin, He knows, uh, I don't know, the potential good things that you. Uh, Have done, I guess. (laughs) He knows every little thing about you, even more, (laughs) even more than uh, I think everybody knows. Uh, Isaiah. Oh sorry. Zechariah one three I think is a beautiful picture. Um, or Zechariah three one uh, picture of being clothed by God. It says, then he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at his right hand to accuse him. And the Lord said to Satan, the Lord rebuke you, O Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is not this a brand plucked from the fire? Now Joshua was standing before the angel clothed with filthy garments. And the angel said to those who were standing before him, remove the filthy garments from him. And to him he said, behold, I have taken your iniquity away from you and I will clothe you with pure vestments and I said let them put a clean turban on his head so they put a clean turban on his head and clothed him with garments and the angel of the lord was standing by behold I have taken away taken your iniquity away from you I counsel you to buy from me white garments so that you may clothe yourself and the shame of your nakedness. Said, I counsel you to buy from me salve so that you may see. I just think of the Pharisees and God mixing his spit with some dirt. Uh, Man who had been born blind. We'll turn there real quick. John chapter nine. Has him wash in the pool of Siloam. And then he can see uh, at the end of the chapter in chapter nine, Jesus said for judgment, verse 38, for judgment, I came into this world that those who do not see may see and those who see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees near him heard these things and said to him, are we also blind? Jesus said, if you were blind, you would have no guilt. But now you say we see your guilt remains. The people of Laodicea were spiritually blind. They were self-deceived. And Jesus comes and says, you're deceived. Come to me. Come, buy from me. Be enlightened by me. Come by those things which cannot be bought. Faith. Righteousness. I know. I put discernment or enlightenment. That God would reveal his truth to us. So we have kind of the answer here. To come to Christ. Come to him. But that's not it. The next part a call to zealous repentance leading to communion with God. Revelation. uh, He says, Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. So be zealous and repent. Oh, you know God loves these Laodiceans. That's why he's that's why He's telling them this. That's why He's telling them that they missed it, that they are blind, that they are wretched when they think they aren't. He loves them in this lukewarmness but he calls them to something. He doesn't call them to stay lukewarm. He doesn't want to leave you where you're at. He says, be zealous and repent. You know, zealous, zealous carries a lot to it. Uh, If you look it up in the dictionary, it says passionate intensity, you know, and I don't know, but all I can think of is like romance right now in my head. Like when a guy is going, you know, I know courting a girl and he's passionately intense about doing everything he can for her about making, I don't know, all the time that you spend together, I don't know, perfect or amazing but there's a passionate intenseness to that. It's not very oh yeah yeah we're just gonna go out. I think we'll it'll probably be a okay time, you know. No, passionate intenseness. But he also has this word of repent here, right? And repent when I don't know when you're so overwhelmed when you see who God is. You know, like at the beginning of this, when you see who God is as creator, as the faithful and true witness, as the amen, and then you see yourself as faithless, wretched, unrighteous, blind, and that can overwhelm you, but it can also push you to come to God in repentance with that passion and be like, God, I have done wrong. I have missed it. I need you to change my heart. I need you to test my faith. I need you to cover me with your righteousness because I am not. I need you to open my eyes to what you have to say because I'm missing it. He calls us to be zealous and repent. Fervent, passionate intensity. This next section goes along with it. He says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. Uh, I was talking with, Ben Jimenez about this and he was like, it's almost like the church has shut out Christ. He's outside. It's like, yeah. I mean, in the next part, he says, if anyone hears my voice and lets me in, I'm gonna commune with him. So obviously there is this disconnect that there's this separation that's happening here, that there is not communion with God happening in this church of Laodicea. So I asked that question earlier, are you in communion? With God? Are you having times of communion with your Father? But this also shows the imminence of repentance. When somebody is at your door, there's a neighborhood kid, I think some of you know him, Matthew, he'll come and he'll knock on the door. <laughs> and, uh, well, it depends if I'm sleeping or not, but there's that imminence like, They're at the door now. They're not going to stand there waiting for you. They're going to knock. They might say, hey, is anybody there? Wait a minute or two. Nothing. Leave, right? When somebody is at the door, it's for that moment. It's for that time. And Christ is saying, I am at the door, Laodicea. I am here. And if anybody would hear my voice, Granted, let's hope they weren't deaf. They were blind and naked and let's hope their ears were okay. <laughs> but Jesus is calling this church to respond in zeal and repentance again. And you know what? There's, there's a pretty cool reward here before we even get to the kind of the reward section to the one who conquers, which is at the end of kind of every section with the churches. But he says, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. There's that communion, that time of fellowship with Christ. Let's turn to John 15. I just love this section. Um, John chapter 15 Um, and we'll read uh, four through 11. He said, he says, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit for apart from me, you can do nothing. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. We see this separation that has happened, that there isn't communion happening with God in this church. And I would say that this church was obviously not bearing fruit, that there was not disciples of Christ being made, that the gospel, though maybe somewhat preached, <laughs> I don't know, maybe it was watered down or something. but Christ wants to have fellowship with his church. Christ wants to have fellowship with you. And oft times our faith falls short. And oft times we think we're doing okay. We did some good works today. I'm on the right path with God today. oft times we deceive ourselves into thinking that we i don't know are spiritually okay and we are not and i would i would ask you again are you having communion with god are you communing with god are you discipling others are you spreading the gospel are you sharing the gospel Are you working for the Lord? Or are you working for yourself? Are you okay where you're at? Like, I'm good. I would ask you to be zealous and repent. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. last section, the one who conquers, I will grant to him to sit with me on my throne as I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. Oh, that's beautiful right there. Not only is there a promise of reward of communion with God, but to the one who conquers, the one who gets out of his lukewarm seat and works for the Lord. that God would grant him a seat next to him on his throne. Wow. But you know what? Gives us another picture of Christ here. As I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. That Christ on the cross conquered death and sin. For you and for me, he conquered that. And you know what? He doesn't leave us alone to conquer our sin and our shortcomings. He gives us his spirit, he gives us his power to conquer. There is great reward. He who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. So the church of Laodicea is called to come to Christ and to conquer over their spiritual state of faithlessness, self-righteousness, and I'm just going to say self-deceit, uh, spiritual blindness. Um, and I don't know about you, But I know uh, in some of these areas, I was convicted while I was going through this. And I'd ask you to examine yourselves that you would come to Christ, that you would pick up that fervent, passionate um, intensity for Christ and becomes a church that can be known for their love and their putting away of false teaching and their generosity. Father, I want to thank you for this, uh, this wonderful day. We thank you for this letter to the Laodiceans that you call us from, from this, this state of faithlessness and self-righteousness and self-deceit. But father, you call us to yourself that we can, um, yeah, you call us to yourself who has conquered death, who is, who is. Yeah. But didn't just conquer death. You created, you create life. Father, that you would um that each one here uh, would be convicted to grow in their faith, Father, that they would find areas where they can be tested. Father, that you would put things in their life that will test them. Father, they would not rely on their own righteousness, but that they would remember and realize that righteousness comes from you. Father, we are wretched, pitiable, blind, naked. And you, you clothe us. Father, you make us rich. You open our eyes to things that we would not see other than because of you. And Father, you give us your spirit. Father, you call us to conquer. That we would take hold of your spirit, that we would take hold of your promises with zeal. Father, that we would repent in those areas that we need to repent in our lives, that pull us away from you, that keep us from communing with you. Father, that when we abide in you and you in us, we can bear fruit for you and for your glory. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.